Listen Podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonic. I don't care if you listen, episode 11. What's up? Hey, I'm Shalini. she's Leonica, and we are so happy you're here. If you are, if you're not, you're missing out because, well, we talk a lot and we say some things that sometimes make sense and sometimes may inspire you and other times may piss you off, but either way, we are here to, uh, get it off our chest and we don't care if you listen we are thankful if you do but if you don't we don't care (laughs) however this whole game of getting sponsors so we do care about potential sponsors we care a lot about you yeah like i said we appreciate if you listen right the purpose is for us to be able to have a platform where we can vent our frustrations about things that are going on that we have no control over but definitely impact our lives so you put me on to that podcast. I mean, it's I don't know if it's bad form to talk about another podcast on your podcast, but I have been digging these girls, uh, Call Your Girlfriend. Shout out, Call Your Girlfriend team. They, uh, this last episode that they had, they, they, were, they were very frustrated, as you and I are. They're very different in the way that they present. You and I, I think, are a lot more casual. We're just, a, I, I think you and I are you and I. There's probably a lot of besties okay. throughout the world that are doing podcasts together, but you and I are you and I. Our last episode had quite a few listeners that I didn't think listened to our show, but people really appreciated the idea of us having a guest, Kim Phillips. She was on with us talking about ageism. I think a lot of people um, really related to what we were talking about because everybody's going through ageism in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Exactly. So I got a lot of good feedback about that one, too. Yeah, it's interesting. These ladies, what they do is they they kind of vented and they talked about how they're just frustrated with the current situation. You know, you've got Donald Trump, who's just as trashy as they get as far as humanity, let alone being a president. And then you've got the Brett Kavanaugh appointment that happened that really... I think as far as women go, that one just was like, that stung. Because it made all of us relive the yuck that we've had in our lives that we didn't want to have to relive. But it reminded us that nobody cares. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The name of that episode was called Be a Good Ancestor. Mm -hmm. And it was a quote, Be a good ancestor. Stand for something bigger than yourself. Add value to the earth during your sojourn. Marion Wright Edelman. That stuck with me. She is the founder of the Children's Defense Fund. Yep. And one of my role models. I really look up to her and love what she does. I've been following her since we were at Albion, actually. Like, I've been studying her work since back then. She's done some incredible things. She has some good data. Be a good ancestor. Stand for something bigger than yourself. Add value to the earth during your sojourn. Marion Wright Edelman. So why that hit me was one of the other things they mentioned was we have fix it syndrome. You want to go to a march, go to a protest, and then you want it to be fixed. All right, I did my marching. I did my protest. I just want it fixed. So I feel like we shouldn't have to march and protest. Stuff should just be right. Right. Me too. I feel like just fix it. But then I also feel like, you know, is this going to get done in my lifetime? Can I tell you that? When Barack Obama was president, I felt like all these things were going to get done in my lifetime. How that quick does it feel like it turned around to go a whole different way? Well, Shalini, just by doing this podcast and venting our frustration and sharing with the world how we feel, um, I think we're doing our part. I think we are letting others know that It's okay for them to feel the way they feel, that it's absolutely natural for women to be ticked off right now. It's 
absolutely natural for minorities to be upset right now. Um, it's okay, but we can make some changes still, you know? Yeah, and we have to. Stacey Abrams was also on that podcast. Stacey Abrams running for the governorship of the state of Georgia, who is also, well, what if she's elected? She'll be the first African-American female governor. But she's also running against a gentleman who, Kemp, who is in charge of the election. As, as He is the, he's kind of running the voting system. And he's being sued for mishandling absentee ballots. And apparently is like, Responsible for shutting down, I believe the number's 53,000 people or something. Yeah, I thought that. Some craziness. Just like voiding their registrations. Yeah, like just wiping people out. See, voting is a joke, man. I'm telling you, in, in this country, the fact that we have to re-ratify the voting rights at every couple of years, it really bothers me. Because right now we have people in Congress who might not. I think that that should just be... In here, that's why I say the Constitution is all messed up. We need to start over. You say that like we just walk in and say, okay, we need to redraft this. Like, there's like so much big stuff that's like gotta happen before there's any chance of these big major things changing. And listen, so Chris and I had a so Stacey Abrams, she was saying that she hires people to kind of show diversity. And Chris was like, well, you can't say that. Are you allowed to say that? Can you say that you hire people to be diverse? And I was like, but how else do you change the face of it? She said, you know, she was like, you got to acknowledge that there's a diversity issue. You got to acknowledge that there's a misrepresentation of society in positions of power. And once you acknowledge there's misrepresentation, then you got to figure out how to handle it. Reverse discrimination. Now she gets sued for reverse discrimination. I don't know if she would. I hope she wouldn't. I hope nobody would waste their time with such things. And hopefully she's a... Do you forget just a couple of years ago, a white boy went into a black church and just shut up everybody? No, I didn't forget that. <laughs> We're talking Georgia here. I mean, they did it in Albion. Remember the diversity award? <laughs> yes. $4,000 was such a big deal. Yeah. Albion College valued diversity and wanted to increase diversity. So they offered minorities... $4,000 um, a year if they attended the school to increase diversity. And someone said it was reverse discrimination. And yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Still about it. So they had to water it down. Of course, those who were already enrolled and receiving it were grandfathered in, but other people just had to show their commitment to diversity. How do you change the face if... You don't do bold movements if you don't make well, it's bold affirmative action. Affirmative action, and I can't remember if it's still legal or not. I remember in Michigan it it was a really big deal, and I think that they outlawed it in Michigan. But I do think that there is a federal law that's still intact that protects minorities and seeks to diversify. But I feel a little rabbit holed by that. I feel like we could go down a really deep path there. Because I, I could sit and Google, like, what's legal as far as affirmative action goes, and I'm sure we'd find five cases that challenge that, et cetera. The Georgia... Oh, yes, it's always being challenged. That's what's so scary about Kavanaugh being confirmed. Right. Because if any of that stuff goes up, 
I just feel like that stuff is all out the door. I'm telling you, they will reinstitute slavery. <laughs> you say it with laughter and shaking your head. And you say it like it's a possible joke, but the back of your head, you're thinking a hundred years from now, there is a chance the way they've got this set up, that that's what they're targeting. That's what they're trying to do. Why do they not want people to vote? Why are they trying to put aside people's votes? Why are they making it hard for people to vote? Prestige and power. The three P's, privilege, power, and prestige. Those are the things they don't want to lose. Those are the things they value. They feel like it's their inherent right. It is their entitlement to be privileged, have power and prestige. And by creating equitable conditions, not equal conditions, equitable conditions, they will lose some of that power, prestige, and privilege. And who wants to do that? Understood. Got it. But they are not a representation of the masses. So if they are not a representation of the masses, they need to go. They have got to go away. This is where we have got to get rid of these people who think that diversification is a bad thing. I wanted to recap this uh, Georgia gubernatorial thing. There's so much crap going on. Was there always this much crap going on? I really want to say no. Or is it just because we hear about it and we know about it now? I think we just hear about it and we know about it now. (sighs) Okay, so... The same shit, different day, different year, different century. Georgia gubernatorial candidates, huge conflict of interest, CNN. This is from yesterday, 2.07 p.m. How's this for an axiom that is especially self-evident? An elected official should not oversee an election in which he is a candidate. Tell that to Georgia gubernatorial candidate Brian Kemp, who is also the Georgia Secretary of State and whose major responsibility is overseeing Georgia's elections, including maintaining voter registration lists and certifying election results. Kemp is in a close race against Stacey Abrams, the first black woman to win a major party's gubernatorial nomination. Kemp's decision to continue wearing his election overseer hat even as he runs for office created an obvious conflict of interest, which he has brazenly exploited last Monday. Listen to this. I was right on. I was right on with my number. Last Monday, the Associated Press reported that Kemp's office is blocking 53,000 voter registration applications. Applicants were all flagged by Georgia's exact match voter verification process, which is implemented by the state legislature last year. Under exact match, the information listed on a voter application must exactly match information as it is listed in either a state driver's license database or the federal social security database. Even the smallest discrepancy or typo missing hyphen, for instance, can result in a hold on the application. What? If you put a non-capital when you put it in the first time and then you capitalize it the second time or something like that, that's the type of error they'll kick you out for. Right. If you put an extra space, an extra dot, extra anything. How he should be running the voter database when he is one of the candidates is beyond me. Because this is a day and age where having a conflict of interest isn't a moral issue because it's all about me and it's all about winning. See, I couldn't even vote for him just because of that, because that's just unethical. Recuse yourself. You know, whatever. That's how that party rolls. (laughs) Last night on Rachel Maddow. She showed the Democratic candidate that was running against George Bush Sr. If they have such great candidates, if they have such great ethics and great morals, then why do they need to cheat to win? Was Gary Hart set up is the name of the article. Uh, James Fallows wrote it. It's going to be out in their November 2018 issue of The Atlantic. 
what are we to make of the deathbed confession of the political operative Lee Atwater, newly revealed that he staged the events that brought down the Democratic candidate in 1987? In a private act of repentance, he has remained private for nearly three decades. He told Raymond Struther that he was sorry for how he had torpedoed Gary Hart's chances of becoming president. It's messed up, but I'm not surprised. The second Bush cheated, too. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. First Bush, the second Bush. I mean, that's what they do. Alec Baldwin said we need to overthrow the government. Okay. I'm (laughs) digging it. I'm digging it. Anarchy. Well, you know, before every revolution, there has to be some major something. Tired of stupidity. So we've talked about Stacey Abrams. We've talked about how she's got to be careful not to get robbed of the election because the person who she's running against is also running the voting and handling, um, has been accused of blocking 53,000 registrations. Every Um, candidate running better be aware. And then you've got Stacey Abrams, by the way. I'm going to find her on all social media, support her, share her story, push her. This lady, some of the attacks on her are that she's got a lot of student debt. And she's like, yeah, I wanted to go to all these schools and get the best education. How else was I going to do it? She's like, at least I can manage it. She's like, a lot of people can't manage that type of debt. And that's what's killing them. I really liked her um, ideas about transportation and extending it out to the rural areas of Georgia and stuff like that. Um, Her competitor, however, was like, yeah, we can do that, but we'll see because they they have different needs than the metropolitan areas, which of course is true, but come on, let's involve the community and see what they want, what they need. Let's, Let's make sure that we're making a unified joint decision. And she was all for that, so um, I can dig that. She's got a lot of great talking points, at least. She said that when she decided to run for office, she had to make an agreement with her five siblings or all of her siblings that their stories were up for discussion. She needed to be able to talk about her family's situation. In 2005, when Katrina happened, she ended up taking on her parents as far as their financial obligations and everything. Mm-hmm. One of her brothers has struggled with drug abuse, incarceration, etc. She said, I'd rather help the kids early on instead of having to help them later on as convicts or, you know, help them in the prison system. She's like, you know, I want to invest in the citizens at the early stages so we don't have to deal with that on the other side. Like, duh, yeah. The pipeline of prison is no joke. No joke. She's just a regular person. She's a good reflection of the average American. She said she wants to become the new normal. I think she is. But she wants to be the new normal in the political scene. You know, at the gubernatorial levels, at those levels of, like, decision-making. Yeah. It should be, so. I definitely think that, you remember Bell Hooks, the author Bell Hooks. Of course. Of course, who says, you know, you really can't separate the feminist issue from the race issue. You can't say I'm a feminist and then not understand that you have got to deal with the inequities in in racial discrimination, etc., Mm-hmm. Something that has kind of been creeping me out. Do you remember that TV show, 24, with Jack Bauer? Uh-huh. This whole Saudi American journalist, the Khashoggi guy, the the guy who went... wasn't into 24. I don't really know what it's about. But you heard about uh-huh. this journalist, right? Of course I heard about the journalist. Right. 24 was always about these, like, crazy governmental things that were happening where they were killing people behind the scenes and, like... 
I really honestly thought, you know, okay, that's Hollywood. That's some Hollywood stuff. There is audio recordings of this guy getting murdered and dismembered in the the Saudi consulate. Wow. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Okay. This is from The New Yorker. In the wake of Khashoggi's disappearance, Saudi Arabia's crown prince is pushed to the brink. So Saudi Arabia's crown prince is friends with 45. Dun, 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 dun. Mike Pompeo just went over there, even though this, this guy's missing. He's a Washington Post journalist. He's a green card holder, so he might as well be a citizen, right? But the president's kind of blowing it all off, still sending Mike Pompeo out to Saudi Arabia to meet with the prince. In the meantime... He's saying today they're requesting the audio. Donald Trump said, we have asked for it if it exists. This is according to BBC News. Mr. Khashoggi has not been seen since entering the building on October 2nd. Saudi Arabia denies killing him. Mr. Trump denies he was trying to cover for Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile, the Washington Post has announced it will publish the last column he wrote before his disappearance on the importance of a free press in the Middle East. There's audio. So messed up. And yeah, I bet he is in bed with 45 because that's what happens. That's why we had the world wars. People were, countries were in bed with each other doing fucked up things. Excuse my French people. I don't care if you listen. It's all messed up. Chris said he's a young guy, this guy. He's just kind of testing the waters to see, so can I murder this dude and pay you off? country leaders and then maybe get my way like he's totally working the system the saudi prince dude he's young he's young and a jabillionaire the audio offers gruesome details according to the new york times saudi agents were waiting when jamal kasagi walked into their country's consulate in in, in istanbul two weeks ago mr kasagi was dead within minutes beheaded dismembered his fingers severed and within two hours the killers were gone according to details from audio recordings described by a senior Turkish official on Wednesday. The government of Turkey let out these and other leaks about the recordings on Wednesday as Secretary of State Pompeo visited Ankara in an escalation of pressure on both Saudi Arabia and the United States for answers about Mr. Kasagi, a prominent Saudi dissident journalist who lived in Virginia and wrote for The Post. New leaks were also splashed in lurid detail across pro-government newspaper came a day after Pompeo and Trump administration had appeared to accept at face value the promises of the Saudi rulers to conduct their own investigation into the disappearance of Mr. Kasagi, uh, Kasagi, Kasagi, I think it is, uh, regardless of what the Turkish people are saying. I mean, this is crazy. Like journalists, like you're shutting them down. What did he know? <coughs> Dismembering him? hate to be a conspiracy theorist but Cheryl there is a reason why the themes on 24 <laughs> I'm sorry Cheryl it's Hollywood is a reflection of life not the opposite <laughs> I mean except for that sci-fi shit I mean I I don't even know if the sci-fi shit is crazy somebody said that there's a possibility that you know, there was a one little particle that was off in some atom exploder, and that's why this Trump thing has happened. Like, who knows? Maybe that's real. <clears throat> Did you hear about that theory? Nah. <laughs> there is there is a theory that that like in the time space continuum mm. that something got effed up, 
like a mouse ate a wire or something. <laughs> I'm not making this up. You think I'm making this up? She thinks I'm full of it. I believe it. Everybody's got to come up with something to make sense of this shit. So why not? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll all kind of try and believe anything at this point that makes us feel better. Got to. Right? <laughs> so we need to reverse. So that sounds like a um, where they were going to another world. Oh, like Quantum Leap? That's one of them, but not this one that I'm thinking about. The other thing that they were talking about on this podcast, see, I keep shouting out another podcast. What up, podcast world? They're relatable. They're so relatable. I dig them. But one other thing they were talking about was being good ancestors and how we just have to put in the work. We just have to day to day put in the work to make it better. And if it happens in our lifetime, great. And if it doesn't, You've got to put it into play so that people coming after you can keep it in play and keep change like kind of happening. I feel paralyzed by that. I feel paralyzed by like knowing that knowing that you just got to get out there and fight for change. But you're right. I don't feel like this is shit we have to fight for. We know that water is good for our bodies. So we drink water because we know it. I don't feel like I need to go research what H2NO do for my body. And it should be clean and everybody should have it. It's a thing. We have to pay for water through the sewer or otherwise. I feel like there's a lot going on. You got voter suppression everywhere. You You always have. You got, right, we always have. We got a murder of a journalist because he knows something. We always had that too. Yeah, he was, and he was willing to tell, and he had proof. So, how did Turk, the Turkish people, get the audio? Did they have a spy up in there or something? I think it's self. Not, I thought he's gonna just send it, send it, and say, "Look what I did." You think Forty Five ever read the Art of War? Yeah, for sure. I don't think he read it. <laughs> I think he might have took the cliff notes. I was going to say, I'm sure he cliff notes or did his speed reading version. Thank you for reminding me. Omarosa was on Bill Maher. Oh, really? Why did she call them all out? Oh, you, we got to listen to this. Thank you. You know what she said? She said he used to use words. He used to say words. When I was on The Apprentice, he used to say words. And now he just says really big, really huge, wet. That's it. For real, I cannot listen to any of his speeches because of that. This is going to be something we never, ever had before. It's going to be huge. Everyone is so proud and happy. It's like, see, spot, run. (laughs) Okay, Hmm. you asked me about how did the Turkish people get the audio. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know that they are saying how they... They got. Of course, they're not gonna say it because they had spies. (laughs) This world is so messed up. Although several Turkish officials have described the audio recordings or other evidence related to Mr. Kasoji's disappearance in the consulate, all have declined to disclose how the material was obtained. Some recordings or other evidence may have come from intercepted communications or audio surveillance that the Turkish government is unwilling to acknowledge for fear of compromising intelligence sources or revealing violations of international law. Spies. They have... They have whether Mr. Kostoji was killed before his fingers were removed and his body was dismembered could not be determined. Lord have mercy on their souls. 
God bless you, sir, for whatever it is that you suffered. I am so sorry. He had a contingency plan in place to expose it. Mm, mm, mm. So, Omarosa on Bill Maher was crazy. My guy, Bill Maher, shout out, real time, Bill Maher, as always, because he's one of my sanity points and all this. I don't know how, how we get through this with a sense of humor will be. You know how? made a decision and a commitment to myself that no matter what happens, I am going to find happiness. One day, everybody may be gone and it'll be devastating, but I still have to find my happy place. For sure. What is your happy place? What's your happiest place? I don't know. I was thinking about this yesterday. I miss us just riding and listening to music. I know, right? I feel like at some point you and I need to plan a road trip where we just get in the car, turn on our music, and ride for like a full day. Maybe even two, if we feel like it. With the songs that do something for us, you know? To live and die in LA. What? (laughs) We should definitely consider that. That would be awesome. I don't know, to and from and where and... Do you... But I've been low key. You know where this is going? This one here? Oh, yeah. This is part of our road trip play- playlist for sure. So that's 
that's kind of what what our road trip would sound like for a little bit for a long time because i got my playlist too right let's do that okay we should put that on our bucket list for sure for sure for sure thanks for going there with me for a minute now let's talk about omarosa good needed that omarosa on bill maher she uh busted out on her former boss mr donald trump and his family she's doing it for book sales though. yeah she is she even brought that up i'm sure she did um she was like thank you for supporting it and bill was like bill was like yeah because these people bought it sure <laughs> right he's like yeah whatever <laughs> i'd like to play the omarosa interview for you because it cracked me up. P.S. Side note, Good and Mad, the book that we talked about last week as a result of that other podcast that we love listening to, Rebecca Traster, uh, she was on this Bill Maher episode, by the way. I know, because Bill Maher is copying our show. (laughs) (laughs) Only in my dreams. (laughs) I'm really starting to get annoyed. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny, though, because it makes me feel better about the stuff we're talking about. Like, yeah, she's our girlfriend. Right. Thanks you. Thank you again to that that girlfriend podcast, and thanks to Bill Maher, and thanks to Rachel Maddow, and the people who give us like at least sanity and all of this. Lee, check out Amarosa on Real Time with Bill Maher. I'm thankful you're here because I, I don't know whether you're a liberal or conservative. I mean, you've worked. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this before, though. That is not the first White House you worked in, right? You worked uh, under Al Gore in the Clinton administration. So yeah. this is not new to you, right? No, I've been in politics uh, for 20 years this year. I went into the Clinton administration in 1998. How would you compare the two? Similar? <laughs> In 1998, we were going through an investigation by a guy named Ken Starr. We were faced with impeachment. There was a lot of corruption. Uh, Yeah, but it wasn't the same kind of corruption. I don't think Clinton was was colluding with Russia. No. People were sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom (laughs) and freaked out. No, but, you know, as a a young political, it was very interesting to watch how the investigation took a turn because it started out investigating one area and ended up another. So it was very different. But also, Washington doesn't change very much. The president changes, but the swamp doesn't change very much. But, well... I don't know about that either. I feel like the swamp has moved into the White House. I mean, <laughs> it couldn't get any swamp here. Come on. You know that. I'm upset. So, okay, let's get right to it. I saw you. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, a reality show fan, but I know you did one after you left. And I remember yeah, seeing the pro- Big Brother. Okay, and I remember seeing the promo of you like this going, it's so bad. <laughs> it was like an ad for a horror movie, you know? It, it was get out. You know, it's so bad. And, uh, how bad is it? Because I'm the one who's always arguing with people in this seat who are saying, oh, come on, we've seen worse before. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know if we've ever seen this. I don't know if we ever had a traitor in the White House. I don't know if a lot of things have ever been seen before. What do you think? What did you mean when you said it's so bad? Well, we were having conversations about immigration, and this is before we knew that Donald Trump was separating children from their parents at the borders and putting them in cages. And so I knew that a lot of that was coming down the pike. And so when I was asked if it was going to get bad, it got pretty bad. And those children are still separated from their parents. Many of them have not been reunited. And it's just really unacceptable. And I believe that this president is causing so much damage to the institution. So why'd you work for him? I mean, you said, you know, you uh... I mean, why'd you go to work for him? You said because he was your friend. So if somebody's 
personal friendship, but you don't believe in their politics, you can overlook that? Yeah, you know what? Loyalty has kept me into situations that logic would have gotten me out a lot sooner. You were loyal uh, to him. I was, I was really? very loyal to him. I met Donald Trump in 2003. Right. We did three seasons made you of a television. Star. Right. And, um, and you're, a one name, you're a one-name person. <laughs> right. You just need your one name, like Cher. Thank you, Bill. Well, I just got compared to Cher. <laughs> No, um, I just said you need one name. I, 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 didn't, I didn't say you could do a residency at Caesars. I, I don't think that would go well. But, but no. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, it kind of reminds me. I know people used to say to me, well, OJ was nice to me. You know, I was like, yeah, but, you know. Wait a minute. Things just took a left. No, I, I went I'm from just, Cher to OJ. Well, I know. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, just because somebody's nice to you, I mean, you certainly must have known he was a giant liar. I don't think his personality changed. We know it didn't change when right. he got into the White House. Yeah, so you must have seen the racism and the hatred and the, and the lying before. You know, it's easy to say that hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, 15 <laughs> years ago, I didn't know that Donald Trump was going to be as insane and unhinged as he is. As he is. I mean, he's so it's worse than when you knew him on The Apprentice. Oh, greatly. I mean, even just oh. his his vocabulary. He has like six words that he says now. Huge. Very soon. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in the boardroom. Strongly. Strongly. Back in the boardroom. Not a word, but okay. <laughs> so okay. So. So back in the day, how many did he know? Uh, he, he knew a lot more than just... He's like Coco the Gorilla. He knew 500. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm not out to get you. I, I never didn't like you. You're fine. But I, I, what I, the one thing I didn't like is when after you guys got elected and you said that thing about everyone's now going to have to bow down to Donald Trump. That, that's not what the way we talk in yeah, America. Yeah, but you and know, that, Bill, oh, you of all people know about saying that, like that one dumb thing that everybody just—it was this the stuff. Um, I mean, you know, you're not the first guest to try that exact. No, joke. I'm not trying. I could actually argue the merits of it, but we'll move on. No, no, no. But I, it was stupid. It was dumb, and it was it was oh, something good. that I said in the height of uh, campaign hyperbole. You know, certainly I don't believe that everybody's going to bow down. But at the time, I had an audience of one. When you work for Trump, right, okay, you're not trying to entertain see, the audience. You're trying to entertain him. Okay, that's the honest answer. Yeah, the audience right. of one is is what so much of this country is off track about. Yeah. All of Fox News is for an audience of one. Audience of one, that's right. Okay, so um, I, tell me about some of the relate. Like, I'm very curious about that. You write about a lot about the Trump Kelly relationship, uh -huh. his chief of staff. Right. We've heard many times they hate each other. He called him a moron. He's a fucking idiot. I, I gonna quit. You know, but they stay together. There's yes. something that bonds them. What? What is it? They, they need each other in a weird way? No, they're, they're both very old, cantankerous, uh, insane guys that are serving, you know, <laughs> serving the purpose of kind of enabling each other. Kelly was this, this war hero, and now he's reduced to getting Donald Trump Diet Cokes and keeping people out of the Oval Office. I mean, it's sad to see his reputation just reduced to what he's doing right now. So, okay, all right, what about Ivanka and... Jared, what, no, what is... call them White House Ken and White House Barbie. <laughs> Everybody does it. Yeah. That's funny. White House Ken and Barbie. Um, are they smart? <laughs> I mean, Jared is the one that I, is, the, is the most inscrutable to me. I can't yeah. get because he doesn't speak. 
I, I, he's the one I would be most curious to, to have dinner with because he might be smart. No? Okay. I mean, his political career okay. started when Donald Trump decided to announce. Oh, I know that. Right. And so he, he he's that guy in the room that thinks he's the smartest guy in the room right. and has absolutely no idea. No, we know he's not on. knowledgeable about the field. No, but you he, asked, no. is he smart? And yes. He didn't even know basic political jargon. And when you try to correct him, he gives you that kind of posture like, are you? you, a woman of color, really trying to tell me something. And so the sad thing about it, about Jared, is that he doesn't know how stupid he sounds when he's talking in those things. Oh, right? see, I'm learning. That's very interesting. And, and Ivanka, is, he, is Trump really hot for her? Is, it, is that a thing? <laughs> You know, he said it himself. I mean, I'm just going to say he his said own it words. himself. He wanted to sleep I, I, with his daughter. It's pretty do you, disgusting. Did you, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, on a daily her, basis. He would, tap, he would pat her on the behind. He would kiss her on the lips. He would rub her for very long periods of time. I mean, it, it, it was Keep talking. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those old 976 numbers. <laughs> uh, in front of people? Yeah. Absolutely. And what was her, what did she do? Excuse me, I need a little drink. Gross. <laughs> what, what, what was her reaction to that? She she just loved it. She loved being daddy's she little girl. It. She I see. loved being daddy's little girl. Wow. And she would always say, my daddy, and they should correct her, so my father thinks that, and I'm like, where'd this accent come, I've come from? I met her when she, you know, 15 years right. ago, she wasn't talking that way. Okay. She had a, a very potty mouth. Maybe oh. she cleaned it up for the, for the White House, but. Okay, well, I thank you for putting up with my questions. Yeah, so she put them out there. I don't know if that gives her credit. I don't, still don't care for her. But I just, I'm not surprised by any of that. I'm not surprised by any of it either. And no, it doesn't give her any more respect or credibility in my eyes. I'm still not buying her book. Nope. It was interesting, though. She's so fake. But, yeah, fake. So fake. <laughs> so fake. Like, that's somebody we probably would not kick it with. Ever. <laughs> ever. She is nobody I ever want to be around. There's a certain level of drive mixed with desperation that some people have. They look at you like, how can I get over on you? How can I get what I need from you? Do you have anything I can need. get? Right. Otherwise, move on. Right. Yeah. I, I don't like people like that. We've had discussions about people like that. We've experienced people like that. I think we've talked about why our friend circle is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Because people like that. Yeah. <laughs> When Donald Trump said it was a scary time for boys, because boys have to be careful of, you know, being accused. Being accused. Yeah. Oh, my God. So this girl wrote this song, which went viral, and you got to give her a prop. Hi, I wrote a song, and it goes like this. I can't walk to my car late at night while on the phone. I can't open up my windows when I'm home alone. I can't go to the bar without a chaperone. I can't wear a mini skirt if it's the only one I own. I can't use public transportation after 7 p.m. I can't be brutally honest when you slide into my DMs. I can't go to the club just to dance with my friends. And I can't ever leave my drink unattended. But it sure is scary time for boys. Yeah, gentlemen, band together, make some noise. It's really tough.
When your reputation's on the line And any woman you've assaulted could turn up anytime Right <laughs> Yeah, it sure is scary time For guys can't speak to any woman or look her in the eyes It's so confusing, is it rape or is it just being nice? So inconvenient that you even have to think twice I can't Living in an apartment if it's on the first floor I can't be wearing some pajamas when I answer the door I can't have another drink even if I want more And I can't make you feel invalid, unseen or ignored I can't jog around the city with headphones on my ears I can't speak out against my rapist after 35 years I can't be taken seriously if I'm holding back tears And I can't ever speak earnestly about all these fears Cause it sure is scary time What's up? Loved it. Loved it. Lindsay Lab Stewart, one of the many women feeling an overwhelming sense of frustration in the wake of Brett Kavanaugh's controversial Supreme Court confirmation. She's a dance teacher, a lecturer at Texas State University. She decided to write that song, A Scary Time. I would like to remix that song, give it some, some beats, and go vote. Registration in a few states ended today, so hopefully... Well, a lot of people got that taken care of. We had a great time having a guest on last week, so I'd like to do that again sometime soon. I know it's a little doom and gloom, but I would like to have a conversation about crying and why we do it. Maybe something to kind of ponder on. I'm curious to see how people find themselves crying. When do you find yourself crying? What makes you cry? Is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it frustration? What makes you cry? What brings tears to your eyes? I'd like to get into a conversation about that. And it sounds sad, but I don't mean it in a sad, sad way. Crying can be healing for people, too. Oh, shit. Like I said, I laugh <laughs> at the most inappropriate things and occasions. So that's a defense mechanism. I probably laugh when I should be crying, or I know I laugh when other people would be crying. I just, I think I have a different tolerance of pain physically and emotionally. And so I absorb it and accept express it differently. My mom gets so mad at me because she, I start laughing at stuff. And she's like, Leonica, it's not funny. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know it's not funny, but. So let's get into that next time. It, it's so much shit going on. I'm sorry. See, now you don't open up the floodgates. Well, yeah, it's, but I know it's, yeah, I love those floodgates. I be crying all the fucking time. I would just be crying. Like, all the time, every day. If what? If your defense mechanism was that, or your your coping mechanism yeah. was crying, you think you'd be crying all the time? Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody uses it differently. When I get frustrated, 
and I literally feel like my insides are boiling over with not knowing what to do, that's when I cry. Yeah. I'd listened to that podcast and I was feeling crazy about the idea that this process of the world being at least somewhat more equitable than it was when I got here, the prospect of that being so far away is making me sad, makes me want to cry. Well. That's pretty sad. We need to live in the moment. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to survive with a smile on your face is live in the moment and laugh a lot. Yeah, you got to. We have husbands who love us, kids that adore us and are turning into incredible human beings. I guess the fascination for me comes from this. When we're babies, we cry as a need. We cry when we're hungry. We cry when we need our diaper changed. We cry when we're uncomfortable. We cry for a reason. There's a purpose to it. Joy and laughter just comes. It just comes to us. Like we don't have to, we're not taught how to laugh. There's no use for laughing, but, but there must be. But what is the function of laughing? If crying has a function, laughing must have a function, don't you think? It does. Yeah. They're both releases. Release. Expressions. Mm -hmm. Energy. Energy. Release Mm -hmm. of energy. Yeah, totally. In one way or the other. So maybe laughing. Did I tell you I met a girl? I know a girl who has never taken a Tylenol in her life. She's never had a headache in her life. She firmly believes it's because she doesn't bottle any emotions up whatsoever. She literally says what she feels and feels what she says at every given moment of her life. Yeah, that would be nice. But I feel like if I did that, I I would get in trouble. Yeah. You have to know how to do it. I mean, it, I, and I guess it's a way to do it. But, you know, I just want to be calm, cool, and collective. Even when I'm angry and upset, I want to be able to smile and speak my peace and move on. You always have, though, for the most part. No, I yell and cuss and flick off and move my neck. Shut <laughs> Roll my eyes, smack my teeth. I get, I go all in. It sounded like you were just somebody being somebody else describing you. I am. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? <laughs> what are we going to do to fix the world? We're going to stay positive. Okay. Check. Until next week, I promise to stay positive. Check in with our supports. Check. Let I promise to check in. Love, no, we love them because life is too short. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. We didn't talk about people calling the police. Oh. And that was something we said we were going to touch on. Um, we did not talk. kids getting handcuffs, was it? No, the kid got accused of grabbing that lady's butt in New York. They showed the video and he didn't actually touch her. Okay. They just handcuffed a 12-year-old, well, I guess an 11-year-old, too. There's two situations here in Grand Rapids where they're handcuffing kids. Based on the mood that I currently have on our uh, where we ended this, I don't know that I want to go into this because this is going to make me even more annoyed and sad. And since I'm staying positive right now, talk about... Put that on the agenda for next week. Okay, that sounds good.
I'll still be pissed about it then. Thank you for therapy. My insurance company will be in touch. Girl, okay? There's always hope. Keep it alive. <laughs> Keep it alive. Hope, faith. I don't know what faith and is. Love. And love. I mean, honestly, it's really just love. It's really honestly what it all comes down to is love. Yeah. Be love. That's right. Let's be love. I don't care if you listen. Episode 11. In the books. Like, what? Love you, girl. Love you, babe. Talk to you later. Good night. I'm exhausted. Me too.